Welcome to the family with Alex Brampernard Rasmussen and Andy Brampernard. And Kristen Burt will be right back, kick things off right after this. Tommy, I never believed it until now, but apparently you're a pretty big deal. Was there ever a question in your mind? Well, you might say I was a doubting Thomas. See what I did there? Yes, how incredibly clever. Anyway, what's your point? Well, last month I was trying to find you a car to replace the Mafia Mobile and suggested leasing a Nissan Altima as it was impossible to find your first choice. I love that Altima, and I'm actually looking forward to checking out the all-wheel drive as soon as it's known. Well, apparently someone at Nissan was listening to us, and at this month, at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan, we can offer short-term 18-month leases. That's actually pretty smart. By then, the chip shortage will be over, right? Man, I hope so. The only chip shortage I want to hear about is Bilski dumping one into the bunker. (laughs) By the way, for the first time ever, Coon Rapids Nissan was number one in the state, and Burnsville was number two. Your Altima was actually one of the cars that put J-Lo on top. To learn more about short-term leasing, stop into Burnsville Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this. If the adjuster really, truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Oh, Andy's really rocking out now, huh? All right, I got to give you the latest news here. Uh, Andy, Alex, Kristen, you ready for the latest news? Ready. I'm ready. I guess. Okay, it's a very important subject, so I'll just read you the headline and we can go on from there. Okay, you ready? Story just popped up. New York Police Department arrests suspect in subway poop attack. That's an actual headline. (laughs) Why am I not surprised? That is an actual headline, by the way. How do you attack? Well, let me click on the story and find out how do you attack with poop. I'm nervous. We'll uh, we'll, we'll get it all together. I can imagine. God. Throwing it at people? Uh, you know yeah, what? I believe so. I don't think it's going to let me click on it because now, of course, you get an ad blocker. No. Yeah, I hate that. Why are they allowed? You have to get rid of your ad blocker or else we won't let you see anything. But I don't want to see everything. I just want to see the story. Uh, I support you by reading all the stuff. What the hell more do you want? Uh, police say they've arrested a man suspected of smearing human feces in the face of a woman in the New York City subway, Frank Abrakwa. 
37, arrested Monday, is now charged with forcible touching, menacing, disorderly conduct, and harassment, WNYW reports. He was apparently a stranger to the 43-year-old victim, was attacked as she waited for the train last week. It was an horrific experience for anyone to go through and an indication that the attacker suffered mental health issues, Mayor Eric Adams said Monday. We must really dig in uh, to how we're dealing with these mental health issues. Yeah, I could not agree more. We we have to do something about the crazy bastards out there that are just attacking people willy-nilly. That's what they say every time, but then they don't do anything. No, so. you're absolutely right. You're 100% right. All right, I'm gonna. I'm, you guys don't have to watch this. I have to watch the video, so this ought to be really you don't pleasant have for me. To watch the video. Uh, all I do is report on the on the Tom Bernard podcast. It's all okay. Here he comes. He's walking it's by. Like She's a World War II reporter sitting on a bench. Oh, he just walks up and shoves poop right. He's got a handful of poop, and he walks and shoves it right in her face. He's obviously a crazy person. Well, now he's rubbing it into her face. So it's that's disgusting. Nice. It is like okay. it's so yeah. disgusting. That's oh, you would really... have PTSD after a situation like that. Yeah. Mm, he'd have more than PTSD if he did yeah, it. I'd have me. a hard <laughs> time not pushing him on the tracks. Exactly. <laughs> Jesus. But also, I mean, the smell. I mean, just think about it. It's just so. It's so disgusting. It's God. so disgusting. It's amazing. Oh yep. And humiliation was a huge part of it. I don't know if this is a mental health issue. I just think the guy's a prick. No, I think you'd have to be pretty crazy to walk around with poop. I in think your you would have to. Mm, okay. Face. I mean, if he didn't, if he knew prick. her, then maybe you could say it's like some sort of revenge thing. Yeah. Like, Premeditated but the, situation. But the fact that it's just some attack. random attack makes me think that he's got to be pretty insane. Yes. I suppose. And for some reason, the extremely mentally ill, they always have some sort of scatological element to. They do. I think it's I think it's like some sort of arrested development thing. It's like, you know, kids are always obsessed with poop. Always. I don't know why, but they are. Always go through a poop. And so it's like, you know, if part of your uh, brain doesn't mature correctly and you're stuck as a half a child, half an adult, you know, it can cause some pretty uh, intense inner turmoil, I think. Sure seems to be happening in this guy's case. It sure does. Okay, Oof. shifting gears now because Kristen Burt's oh, with us from poop. <laughs> yeah. We're going to shift from do anything but talk. And about we'll that. go from a face full of poop to and he kept rubbing it into her face too. That's the oh, other part. Stop. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Let's just talk okay. about anything else. Okay, we'll move on to uh, after SAG Awards win, Oscar buzz spikes for Will Smith. Do you think? Will Smith has a real chance of winning the Oscar. Will Smith I do. I did think what? He's the front runner. And he was King the front King runner Richard. before this. Oh. He was a what before that, Kristen? He was the front runner before he even won the SAG Award, but oh, it okay. just kind of confirms it. Because, and I know that we've talked about this in prior award show years, the voting body for Screen Actors Guild is um, has the most crossover to people who are actually Academy members too. So usually oh. um, when it comes to like best picture and the acting categories, you can start to predict what will happen. There, there's always the element of surprise in one category, but usually you can figure out who's going to take home the Oscar. Speaking of predictable and Will Smith, I hear Bel Air is not so great. Have you seen it? I haven't because I don't think that there's really that much interest or buzz in it. No, and there's not. Yeah. No. I honestly think that, you know, I know that they love to, like, reimagine, remake things, but sometimes you really have to take a look at, like, why certain shows were magic. And particularly the original Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was really because of Will Smith, Alfonso Ribeiro, um, the ensemble cast. And yeah, how well everyone was, along. yeah, a, gr- a yeah. great cast member. And also yeah. the time it came out, it really 
hit home because this was the 90s when the gang wars were basically at their peak. So it made sense to have a show like this because he came from West Philadelphia. He was, you know, entrenched in gang culture. Born and raised. Yep, on, on the, the playground. playground. Is where I spent most <laughs> of my days. Exactly. Um, well, and like the. Sorry, Andy. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, instead of remaking it as the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, they just basically made Empire again, it sounds like. Oh, because really? now, like, Uncle Phil is like a crime boss or something. and <laughs> Yeah, what the, uh, what yeah, the hell were they like thinking? When I was watching commercials for it, I was like, what? Like, I've seen, like, when I was in Florida watching stuff with Mom, when the kids were asleep, there were a bunch of commercials for it. And I was like, this doesn't seem to make any sense. Mm -mm. Like, it doesn't seem like it has any sort of connection with, because I thought it was, like, about him before he went to Bel Air. See, that would have made sense. And then how it, like, kind of carried over a little bit, but, like, it just changed everything into, yeah, it's very odd. Yeah, why would you make Uncle Phil like a crime boss? Because this was I know basically became Will Smith's mentor and you know the father figure in the household that he didn't have when he was living in Philadelphia. It just totally shifts the entire premise of the story. It like made the show magical. It's like if Bill Cosby became a scumbag. Go away. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait, <laughs> Wait a, a second. Minute. He had us all fooled. <laughs> but yeah, no, Uncle Phil was always like the most wholesome character. Yeah. And I hear in real life he was pretty much like that, too. Nice yeah. guy. So, and yeah, now all of a sudden the character is this, yeah, he's like basically the head of the Black Mafia in Bel Air or something. It's very, very strange direction to go, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense, like, whatsoever. So it's, but I think the whole cast in general got along, other than the Aunt Vivian uh, actress, yep. the original one, Janet Hubert. Um I think the cast in general is still friends to this day. Oh, really? Kind of like mm -hmm. this show, since yes. we're all related. You yes, know, the I mean. mother is an outcast. <laughs> the mother <laughs> is an outcast. Which is why she's not here right now. Big what shot. did you guys do to send her off? <laughs> she has a friend in town, so she took her. She's taking her to the airport. Ah. So that's nice yeah. of her. Yeah. yeah. She hasn't seen her, and I don't even know how. I haven't seen her, and probably aside from Alex's wedding. It's probably been 20 years. That's about right. Oof. That's about right. But she stayed, she was here for about five days. And now she's leaving to go back to Atlanta. Yeah. Are, you guys in, you guys, are you still in Florida? Maybe. I'm not telling you. None of okay. your beeswax, yeah. sister. Well, then she's got a short flight back if she's going from Florida. To yeah, Florida. it's like an hour. <laughs> yeah. yeah, something <laughs> like that. that. It's not very long. I know that. No, it's easy. I know that to be true. So uh, we were talking about movies. We were talking about TV shows. We are talking about all these great things. I mean, you, you know, I already talked about Will Smith probably winning the Oscar. Does the Oscar even mean anything anymore? And I'm not taking anything away from Will Smith, but does anybody care who wins the Oscar anymore? It does when it comes to your contract. Oh, yeah, You I get see. like a boost of like okay. $100,000 right off the bat or something oh, really? like that. Probably a million. When you're like really? a... Yeah. A Will Smith level. Oh actor. well, yeah, for something someone like yeah. him, yeah, that's an but easy yeah, mill. Supporting categories, like remember, oftentimes it's a lesser known actor that wins in the supporting category. That will be a nice, handsome boost to any contract you have next, because you were probably making yeah, like a hundred thousand, and now you're like, great, I can command half a million for my next picture, or oh, a million. Sure. So it, it it does still matter. I obviously to the public, it does not, and. 
I, Seth Rogen, I don't, I don't pay that much attention to him, but probably about a month ago he came out and he was just like, look, I get it why people are totally disconnected to award shows and the Oscars. I don't want to watch the Automotive Awards. Insider. Well, and he's absolutely right. And, and he is. you like make it a, a, a celebration of movies instead of, uh, you know, this real insider type of yes. look at, at Hollywood, yep. nobody's going to watch. But again, award shows, variety shows, that genre is so far gone. That audience is gone. ABC and the Academy need to stop trying to just like we're going to do a Twitter thing and we're going to get the younger audience. It's not going to happen. No, it is not going to happen at all. It's never going to happen. I honestly think that the, the um, award shows should move to like some of the streaming networks. Definitely. More flexibility on what they can do. Yep. Um, Well, I was just about to say uh, that it feels to me like the Oscars are seen by younger people as something that older people care about. Yes. And so they don't really care because it's a TV thing for one. And they don't really like the idea of watching TV at a set period of time is just completely foreign to that. Absolutely. Um, And it's something that's been around for a long time and it's a bunch of people older than them getting dressed up in suits and everything is very formal. And it just, that doesn't appeal to kids at all right now. And not uh, when I say kids, I mean like even, you know, between the ages of 20 and 25. Yeah. Right. And you can invite Zendaya all you want onto the red carpet. Right. But what's going to happen is like Gen Z is going to go to her Instagram account or go to her TikTok account, see what she's wearing, yep. tell her she looks gorgeous, but they're not going to tune into the show. Yeah. Why well, watch the whole thing when you can just get the highlight reel? Absolutely. You can see Weren't the clip this- on YouTube the next day. Weren't the SAG Awards last night? They were on Sunday, yes. Sunday, okay. Yeah, they were on Sunday. And, um, you know, this is another thing. You know, the SAG Awards are on TNT and TBS. So many people don't have cable. And they're like, well, it's available the next day on HBO Max. But if it's not on a broadcast channel, for a lot of people, it's not even on their radar. Yeah. God, that's so amazing. That whole idea. You know, it's so funny about that. And Andy, we, we just had dinner last night at, at a really great Italian restaurant. And yeah. Andy was talking about the fact that, that the 20 to 35-year-olds or 40-year-olds. Well, anyone are, under the age of 25 probably, they don't like Italian food anymore yeah, because they Italian see it as out. something that their parents liked. But which what, is a realization I didn't actually even come to until I was there and looking at the crowd because everyone in, in that restaurant was like 60 plus. Well, <laughs> but that's, then, a, that's a special situation. Well, no, but I mean, like when I restaurant. think about it, it's like, you know, when's the last time, you know, your friends were just like, oh, let's uh, go out to an Italian restaurant. It's just not something Italian that happens all, all the time. Well, I don't know. when I. Uh, it depends on the Italian restaurant because like there's a place here there's in Olive Minnesota. Garden, and then there's homemade yeah, Italian. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. the thing. It's like, yeah, kids are going to go to Olive Garden. What's well, one thing is Italian food tends to be more spendy because it's homemade. There's a lot of ingredients and there's a lot of prep. Yeah. And kids would rather, they would rather just like, you know, go to, uh, well, we were talking about it. Right now, it's Asian food. All the young people are just, all they care about is Asian food and right. sometimes Indian food. And that makes sense because those are faster and cheaper. So, you know, people don't want to do the formal. It's like, again, it's the formal part. They don't yeah, want to have yeah. the formal dining experience of dressing up and sitting down 
just like with the award show is they don't want to watch all these people act all, you know, formal and high and mighty and stuff. They casual is kind of like where it is right now. Well, and also, you know, for the SAG Awards, this was the first like full big award show in person without doing virtual options and situations like that. Um, and everyone's all dressed up while, you know, half a world away, you've got the Ukraine situation going on and it does it also feels a little yeah, tone deaf. Absolutely. There is a yeah. big Ukrainian community that's part of the arts community, whether they're actors or dancers or, you know, directors. So it it feels weird when Hollywood's like, we're all dressed up and people are over in Ukraine, like fighting for their lives. Now, I have a question for you about that. And, I, you know, this is for all, all three of you. Um, now, people of my generation, and I'm a lot older than the, the other three of you, obviously, but we got involved in the in the foods that in my case it was my mother you know the the things that she liked and all the rest of the things in the neighborhood you know growing up catholic if you didn't if you didn't like italian food growing up in a catholic school you had you got expelled you're out and that's all there is to it so we wanted to follow in the footsteps of our parents or our older brothers and sisters whereas now you know now it's the opposite it's the opposite they don't want to do anything you do what happened why is that Anyone know why they don't want to do anything their parents did? Um, I, I think people, I think now, and this, and this probably, we talk about this all the time, like how social media has such an influence. Yeah. I, I yeah. see on, you know, on TikTok especially, because there's a lot of dialogues of how there's a real separation of the generations. You've got boomers, Gen X, millennials, and also, you know, Gen Z coming up. And a lot of people talk about boomers really not bothering to raise like the Gen Xers um, and how, you know, it was a lot of like the latchkey kids and, you know, the kids were outside for hours on end without any parenting and how their yeah. grandparents, yep. a lot of them don't want to be involved. They don't want to raise even the, the, you know, the generation behind that. Um, and I think a lot of people are like, I want to, I want to raise my kids differently. I didn't love being alone all of the time. I want to be a more active parent. And, you know, I'm sure it's swinging in a, in a different direction. And eventually, one generation will maybe Gen Z will settle somewhere in the middle with all of this. But it's it's really interesting to hear each generation and what they had to say mm -hmm. um, about how they were raised. No, no. The one thing I should throw in at the very end here is. Uh, one of the reasons, that, well, not one of, the only reason I didn't follow in my mother's footsteps and things that she liked, I adored my mother, very hardworking woman, the worst cook in the history of the world. <laughs> she was, because she worked so many, she worked like 10, 12 hours a day as a cafe waitress, you know. So she, she her cooking was, I remember Catherine bought this Delmonico roast when I first met her, so that was 40 years ago, right? She bought this very nice roast and like, I'm going to bring it to your mother's and I'll cook it and then she can taste it and she'll know how to do it. And of course, we got there and my mother said, no, 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 you're a guest in my house. You won't be doing the cooking. I'll be doing the cooking. The thing turned out to be a charcoal briquette. Yeah. <laughs> was thinking, it was terrible. But I adored the woman. So, I, yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to follow in the footsteps of the older people in the neighborhood, you know, the, the families. I enjoyed French food because the Laurent family, I would eat at their house. You know, this, all these different things. Uh, we wanted to do that, and now it's the exact opposite, which I suppose happens. Whatever you do, I'm going to do the exact opposite. That's kind of how Gen X was. Yeah. They wanted to do their own thing and break off. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's pretty much true. But you know, we'll get through it all. It, it all works out in the end, right? I hope so. <laughs> I really yeah. do. It's, it feels like a lot of doom and gloom. I was like, I was joking. I was on set yesterday working, and my producer just said, "Did you know that COVID is over?" And I said, "It is." He goes, "Yes, because it's all Ukraine now." So that's yep. the latest doom and gloom. Yeah, if that's true. Watching the news, and he was asking me if I watch the news, and I said, "I purposely don't because I don't think it's healthy." I, I yeah. definitely keep up on you know by reading on the internet. Um, what's happening and so you know things that i need to keep abreast of but otherwise i am not spending any of my brain cells on watching any news channel yeah no i uh it is a whole different world isn't it i do have to ask you a question but tell you i'll make a statement about it first so i was talking to to michael bryant one of the people on this show and a friend and my attorney and all those things and I, this was about four or five days ago. And I said, you know, because I, I bounce around from news channel to news channel. I don't watch just one. I watch pretty much all of them unless they get really obnoxious and then I go somewhere else. But um, I made a statement to him like four or five days ago. You know, i got to be honest with you. I think CNN is doing a much better job on Russia than, than Fox News is. Their approach seems to be much more centered and even keel, which I found surprising after that puke Jeff Zucker God, that guy is a moron. Did you know him very well? Um, I, I didn't. I'd never had any interactions with Ugh. him whatsoever. So. Horrible <laughs> boy, person. Boy, he got himself into a mess. <laughs> well, he's a horrible person. He almost destroyed NBC, then he almost destroyed CNN. Is that enough now? Could people learn their lesson? But um, So I watched CNN's coverage. I thought it was very even keel. No, no, look, I'm not a Republican nor a Democrat. I'm kind of in the middle. So I said, no, they, they did a good job. They did a better job than Fox, I thought, because Fox got all, you know, huffy and puffy and basically arrogant about their reporting. I then find out that a guy uh, that, uh, I, well, he, he worked uh, at CBS, Chris Licht. Do you know who Chris Licht is? Do you know him at all? Uh, he was the, uh, the showrunner, the executive producer over at Stephen Colbert. That's correct. Yep. Well, he took over CNN, and I found that out a couple of days after I made that comment, and I thought, that does not surprise me at all. They have some real leadership, and he has said now he is going to take, well, here you go. Axios reports that Licht plans to move CNN away from the left-leaning opining and back to more traditional news gathering. That is phenomenal news, I think. All of them need to move back to the center. Enough of your political arguing. Give me the news, not your opinion about the news. I don't need pundits anymore. No, me, no, I couldn't agree more. You're absolutely right. What was that loud? What is that? That was Skype. I don't know what is happening, but Tom is on double speed. I'm on double feed now? He sounds like a chipmunk. That's, <laughs> that's weird. I, I sound weird. like a chipmunk. And now I'm hearing crosstalk from someone else. Oh, great. I'm sorry if I just hung up on you. I got freaked out. You can call back. I'll turn the... Yes, I think down. StreamYard's echo cancellation just went insane because of that. Okay, are we, are we okay oh, now? now? Okay, yeah, yeah. It's normal? It fixed yeah, itself. No. Okay, why don't we take a break and come right back? Because I want to talk to you <laughs> more... about like this. I'm a chipmunk. I still sound like a chipmunk? No, you did. Oh, no, I you did. Don't. You did, though, when you were talking about CNN. It was really funny. Okay, well, be right back mm. about CNN. It'd be great. It'd be unbelievable. Is that a good chipmunk impression? Yep. 
fantastic. All right, we'll be right back with part Perfect. two. And we are back with Stretch's picks. Who's winning this thing? The Kitties, the Pack, the Bears, or the Purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. I met the folks from Shift Real Estate last year on our way to Key West and loved their story. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees because they list for a flat fee of $5,000, and that includes photos, MLS listing, online marketing, and the assistance of a full-time realtor. Tell Shift about your home, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more. Shift Real Estate, the common-sense way to sell your home. Visit shift2sell.com because life is expensive enough. Ladies and gentlemen, remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener's special square, check out this flash sale on the Giza Dream Sheets. It won't be around for long. There are also deep discounts on all other MyPillow products, too. Enter promo code TOM, T-O-M, or call 800-516-5146 for these great radio specials. We are now back, ladies and gentlemen. I trust I don't sound like a chipmunk. You sound good. Okay, well, not good, but compared to a chipmunk. So anyway, Axios reports that Licht plans to move CNN away from left-leaning opining and back to more traditional news gathering. The shift is coming about because Dave Lazlov, CEO of Discovery, whose merger with CNN parent company Warner Media is pending, wants the network to return to its hard news roots. I could not agree more. Fox is going to have to follow or they're going to get their ass handed to him. I don't need your personal opinion. Look, you can give a slant on it, whatever. But just do the news, okay? You're a news reporter, and I'm really, really sick of watching the news. Oh, here's my coffee cup. Here's my hat you can buy. Here's a sweater you can buy. I don't want to buy your stuff. Just give me the news. Is that fair, Kristen? Well, it is, and it's exactly what our country needs. We need less opinion and more understanding of the issues without the bias. And that is what has gotten us here Um, You know, we can't get rid of social media by any means because that also adds to the situation. But I think um, just having and it's why, like even online, I'm only looking at Associated Press and Reuters because I'm like, I just need the facts. I will form my own opinion from those facts. That's it. I think that's wonderful. I really do. Now, as younger people, Andy and Alex, what do you think of that? Are you fine without this political opinion on the news? Well, I don't watch the news, so I don't even so know. I don't watch the news at all. So you guys don't watch the news at all? That's I not good news for the news. I never have. No. That is not good news for CNN and Fox because the people your <laughs> age aren't watching the news. They got major problems. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, no, nobody. <laughs> no, no one just sits there <laughs> and watches under, the news. Yeah, like I don't know anybody that watches the news. None if, of my friends do. Like they get their news 60. information. Yeah. Under they get 50? their news information from 60. online. 60. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, if they want to get the news, what they're going to do is they're going to go on social media or YouTube or something and watch clips and that kind of thing. Well, which I is some friends arguably get, worse, but still. I have yeah. some friends that go like go to the, you know, like Reuters website every day and it's like, oh, "Okay, what's going on in the world today?" Right. But I don't have any friends that watch the news. 
I don't think anybody does anymore. The only reason I do is that I try to catch the headlines before I go to bed. And are, like I are said. Are you kidding? What? You're kidding. That you don't watch the news? No, no. I, ch- I check in throughout the day. I think day. the first step is admitting that you have a problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. All you do is watch the news. Well, it's kind of my job to know what's going on in the world. I, know, I don't know if you know that or not. Just don't say you hardly watch the news because you watch the news all day, every day, pretty much. No, I do not. That is when not When you're not true. working, you're pretty much either walking or watching the news. I do a lot of walking. There's no doubt about that. No, yeah. there's no getting around it, ladies and gentlemen. But no, I, I, I'm telling you, they're, they better find a way to get back to the center because don't you think... Kristen, because Alex and, and Andy and I already talked about this on the show yesterday. Don't you think it's very, very important for us? And I talked about this a few days ago on the KQ Morning Show. We need to move to the center. Enough with the sniping each other so you can make more money. I'm sick of you making money by puking up your horrible attitude. We need to move to the center and support one another. This is America. We can support one another. It's fine, right? It is, and we need a Congress that also can get stuff. Done. Yes, well, it's yeah, just embarrassing. But you know what? Here's here's something interesting, and this I'm going to make a sweeping generalization statement right now. But it's been interesting to me to watch the situation with the Russian invasion because I do feel like most, not all, of course, but most Americans are together in understanding that we are here to support Ukraine. Yep, and that we're not supporting Putin. Of course, there's going to be plenty of detractors. You see it on social media, but really, it's it's, yeah. But as a whole, I have seen a lot of people who I know lean left or lean right coming together to say, you know, we're supporting Ukraine, and and hopefully we can get out of the situation. You know, and Putin's a monster. Yeah, he is. Generally, as I said, it's a general statement, but I think generally it's the most united I have seen people in a really long time. Yes. I've been saying for a while that what unites people throughout history is war. And we haven't had a real war in this country in quite a while. So people are, they, they start fighting each other because they have no common enemy. And unfortunately the human condition is that they need an enemy to fight at all times. Why is that? That's, I mean, it goes back to evolution. I mean, you know, look at Jude. Jude's got enemies. It might be a roll of paper towels that he's afraid of, but it's an enemy. <laughs> All animals, including humans, are programmed to see enemies everywhere and be yeah, on edge. Yeah. And so when you live in peacetime for so long and all your needs are met constantly, you start developing a psychosis because that's just not what your brain expects. So it's like... You don't see any enemies. You don't hear any enemies. So you start kind of hallucinating them, I think. So you start thinking, oh, that guy's looking at me wrong. He's got to be, you know, up to something. He's going to come get me because that's just what your brain is looking for. If you can't see them, well, it must be because they're hidden, not because they're not there, which they're not there, but that's just not. (laughs) Seeing them anyway? Yeah, exactly. People are going to see them. That is very, very true. Yeah, I just, uh, I have noticed Again, this is one of the first things the CNN move very, very. That's very smart, I think. Do you think the 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 I don't even know what you would call them the far right wingers and the woke folk. Do you think they'll wake the hell up and come back to the middle? Um, I think it's a long process. I don't it think is, it's, yeah. it's it's yeah. it's not an overnight thing. Um, it and it's going to take a lot of meaningful changes in the media and on social media. Um, for that to, to happen. 
A lot of but, money involved. There's a lot yeah, of money involved now when you're talking that tons way. Tons of money involved, and people, like, news networks have to be united in that. It can't just be, like, CNN doing it. Right. The local news, which has started to, you know, you know, you know in your own town where you can go and go, oh, okay, if I want more of a left point of view in my local news, I go yeah. here. Yep. If I want more of a right point of view, I go here. Um, they're also going to have to commit to it. So it, it has to work at a local level all the way up to the national level. No, I agree with you 100%. This whole idea that I don't like you because you don't agree with me is insane to me. It's crazy. And it's, it's hurting our country. Yeah, it I is. mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And it's, it, it becomes even, I know, like, a lot of my friends who are moms and their kids are at school, they won't hang out with certain people because they know that they were Trump supporters or they were Biden supporters. Oh, God, who It even cares? becomes divided in the carpool lane, which is uh. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I have a question for you, and I'm very serious about this. Would you show me the big differences between Donald Trump and Joe Biden? Because I don't see them. I, I would say in their personalities or their or their delivery of the message, there is a difference. If There's a difference there, yes. Politics and getting things done. I don't think any president can get anything done. No, no, it's not going to happen. I, I mean, I do. I will always 100% say this. I appreciate that I don't have to listen to the noise of Trump on Twitter 24-7 the way it was during his administration. That I found exhausting, and I had to mute his name and mute anything associated with him because you can do it on Twitter because it just became too much. So that, to me, is the main difference. Yeah, see, i got to be honest with you. I have not been on Twitter or Facebook or any of that stuff in nine years now. So I don't, I have no idea what goes on on Twitter, Facebook. I think Twitter and Facebook should be shut down for the rest of time. I think it's really hurting society because they're the ones who drive this hatred along with the news and Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They got to stop. I mean, you're getting people hurt. Look, you're getting people having poop rubbed in their faces at the subway system in New York. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's yep. just, they got to stop doing it. You are not the biggest genius on earth like maybe you think you are. Calm down and shut up. Well, I was laughing, and this kind of goes with what my producer said yesterday, where he's like, COVID's over. And people, someone put out a meme saying, everyone stop being an epidemiologist, and now they're a foreign policy expert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, that's exactly it. <laughs> no, that's exactly. Well, you're absolutely right about that. I just, there, there's, well, here, I'll give you an example, because the Star Tribune, of course, had to step up uh, with one of their people. I, I, I don't know if this is one of those, uh, you know, the comment section, that type of deal, whatever. I mean, do you, do you ever read the newspapers? No. Good move. It is. <laughs> no. Like, no. I, if there's an online article, yes, but I don't get, I don't subscribe to a physical paper doesn't arrive on my doorstep anymore. Oh, I don't think anybody. Does anybody have those that anymore? We do. You used to, oh, that's right. You told me you used to get the paper, but Andy lives out in the heartland, so, you know. It's true. He's living out there in the in It's the all highly room. localized news. They don't talk about anything going on outside of our little, like, tri-city area. It's nice. Yeah, we get the Bloomington something. The Bloomington? Bloomington the, Blo- the Bloomington briefing. Uh, the Bloomington something. Called. I see. I liked it. The Bloomington briefing. It should be called the Bloomington something. <laughs> My town was the Andover Townsman. It came on, I think, Thursdays in the mail. <laughs> you talking about Andover, Minnesota? Andover, Mass. Oh, Mass. Yes. Where'd you? When you lived in Minnesota, where'd you live? 
I lived in Eden Prairie. Oh, you did? Okay. See, I didn't. Ooh. I never no, knew Minnetonka. that. I lived in Minnetonka. Ooh. Oh, Minnetonka. I'm the but I was, it was like the Eden Prairie line, though. I worked in Eden Prairie and I lived in Minnetonka. Yeah. Big shot. Is that what you're saying? That you're, you're a big, you're proving no, to us that you're a big shot? I don't even remember where I lived. I lived in a, in a That's true. Complex. Yeah, that it is wasn't true. That <laughs> exciting or anything like that. Okay, now here's what I'm talking about. In the opinion section of the Star Tribune this morning, I'm just going to read the headline. Okay, ready? Ready. War is hell when white people are dying. I, why? Why do you need... It's all they know. They're robots. They really are robots. It's not happening in some poor remote country, someone said. It's happening to civilized people, said another. Give me a break. Who talks like that? You must have the biggest asshole friends on earth if they're saying things like that. The friends aren't real, and we all know it. Exactly. I mean, do we really need to bring race into this? The fact that Russia is attacking the Ukraine, we really need to bring race into this, huh? Well, what's the old saying? When all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. No, I suppose. The only thing they've been trained to know is race, so they have to insert race into everything. or else They'll have to admit that they're completely stupid as hell and don't know anything. Absolutely ridiculous. I think a lot of the the dialogue, because I've been seeing a lot of it, there's a lot of great videos coming out of the Ukraine and, and people asking questions and being concerned. And some people are like, well, why didn't you care about what happened in the Middle East or, you know, when there's uprising in wars in Africa and things like that? And people are making it a race thing. But I I think that for a lot of generations, spanning generations, people have an understanding of, like, at least the Cold War because you learn it in school. Um, There's an understanding of history, at least between Russia and the United States. A lot of people do have relatives over in Europe and are directly affected by this. So... And, and also, like, hey, if, if Biden decided to go in and help Ukraine out, it would start World War III. So I think people's radars are up more than they would be on the Middle East, because the Middle East always just seems so far off um, in comparison to Europe, where you're like, oh, I've been to Europe for vacation. And so I just think it's an awareness level, not necessarily a race level. Well, and, I also and think an education situation. the Middle East was just going on for so long. It's like, how can I care about something that's been going on for 30 years? You become desensitized. Exactly. The, this Ukraine thing is new and exciting. And I guarantee you, if Russia and Ukraine are still fighting in 10 years, no one's going to care then either. That's They're exactly just going right. to, it's like, this is how it is. And that's right. like the Middle East has never not really been in some sort of major conflict. They're always fighting. So Wait, it's like, you know. A lot of eyeballs. Like one of the Dancing with the Stars, one of the former pros was stuck over in the Ukraine. He did get out today. So there's been like a little bit of like an element of Hollywood or someone you've seen on TV going, oh, my gosh, they're stuck in Ru- in Ukraine. Are they going to get out? Like, so there's been things that people can attach to and have like a personal connection to in some way. It's just different. Well, I'll tell you another thing. Another reason this was brought up. The reason it may look like we don't care about wars in Africa is because they don't have nuclear capability. That's the big reason. Well, that's also we care. part of it. Yes, that's everyone. A huge well, part of. It. Remember when North Korea was on everyone? Everyone was freaking out about North Korea. It's because exactly. they had nukes. Exactly. If they didn't have nukes, no one would have cared. They're tiny. They're poor. They have no real power. But you know, nukes freak nukes, people out. They do. So it's not about skin color. It's about who's got the big nuke. That's what it's about. So settle down with this. God, would you just stop trying to tear? 
I never, ever saw that. One thing I will tell you about growing up in, the, on, in North Minneapolis, I never saw the strife in North Minneapolis that apparently everybody else in the world saw. Even though it was a Catholic, Jewish, and black neighborhood, we got along. I went to school with all kinds of kids. Nobody gave a rat's ass. And that might have been, oh, 60 years ago. Calm down. You don't know what you're talking about. Don't you agree with that? I mean, look, nothing against people who live in the, you know, Whispering Acres, rich suburbs. But you have no idea what the hell you're talking about. You can read all the books you want. And you can talk to your college professors. Because they don't have a damn idea what they're talking about either. You got to go live there and you will find out we can all get along if you people would just shut up. How about that action? Look, there are pricks everywhere. We know that. Well, I, but that's the problem. I did grow up in like lily white suburbs. And See? I, I did. And I, the one thing I will say is that unless you take the active steps to live a multicultural life, have friends of all different backgrounds, <laughs> You stay in your bubble. Yeah, you and do. That is that is where a lot of the racism creeps in, or a lot of like the fear with the the LGBTQ community. And so, unless you are opening your world up, it'll stay very close-minded and very small. And yep. obviously, you grew up in a neighborhood that was very diverse. I did not grow up in a neighborhood diverse, but then I moved to New York City, where you know, my whole world changed for the better. Well, who and are I we talking that that to? Uh, he said that. He was like 20 or something before he met a black person. Oh, yeah, it was, it was uh, Polly. Yeah, and his he has a black friend who was 20 before he ever met a white person. Right, right. So, yeah, this kind of self-segregation exists pretty much everywhere among every community. Well, and we'll give you an example of what you're talking about. Now, I didn't always live on Plymouth Avenue, so I lived in other, other neighborhoods and all the rest of it. But... Uh, I went to North High School, and then when I left, I went up to Grand Forks, North Dakota, to work on the radio. And I didn't do this by choice. It was just what happened, and I suppose it was kind of by choice. When I looked for a place to live, I moved in with a black family in Grand Forks, North Dakota, and that was in 1970. So that was 52 years ago. I felt most comfortable living because I didn't really understand what the white people in Grand Forks were saying because they have a big-time accent. I'm like, what the hell are they saying? So I was most comfortable moving back to an area where I kind of knew people, not those particular people, but I did. I moved in with, with Victor and Gail Treadwell. They were very nice people, a couple of black people from, from uh, Hollywood, Florida, as a matter of fact. He was in the uh, Air Force, and that's why he was up there, and his sister came up with him to go to college. But I moved in with people I was familiar with. I could not understand the white people in North Dakota. I learned, but I was very uncomfortable around them because they're totally different than I am. You know, so it's not a skin color thing alone. It has to do with what you're used to, how you grew up, how you think. You're going to move toward people. And if you've only grown up around white people, you're going to probably hang around with white people. Yep. You know, I'm going to hang around with Jews, and I'm going to hang out with black people. I'm going to hang out with Catholics and, you know, some Protestants, whatever. I just, I didn't do it on purpose. I just made the choice because, hey, I know what I'm dealing with, right? 
but it's also we should make a choice. If if you want to open your world up, you should make the choice. And yes, and this is yes. what I also think. Like when people go on vacation and they're like, "I'm going to Mexico, but I'm going to stay at the all-inclusive resort and not see anything but a bunch of white people in Mexico." Right. Well, that's right. Yeah. That's not my idea of a vacation. To me, when I go to another country, I want to be learning about the culture and the food and the sights and the smells and the experiences. And that's where you open up your world globally. And I think that that yeah. is. I've never stayed in an all-inclusive resort even for that reason. I, I can understand why that sometimes you just want to sit and relax and do nothing. Yeah. But if you're really going to experience a company, a country, you have to go out there and explore. Yeah. I mean, if you had, I suppose you would be most comfortable around people from Massachusetts, wouldn't you? Maybe not this late in life. I don't no, not to say that you're <laughs> old. But, but you know, you, you move around people you're used to. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, now I, in California, I mean, I think I'd be more apt to hang around with people that have a similar experience to what my life is right. like in California. But there is something about when you connect with people from New England that's it's you know, I think it's very similar to the Midwest where you had a very specific type of upbringing and you're like, oh, you know, it's mm-hmm. just such yeah, a good the way you grew up is very powerful. Yeah, it is. No, you're absolutely right about that. Now, look, um, when I grew up in, on Plymouth Avenue, um, it, until I was 11 years old, it, it was not, because it, the area now is all black. There, there are very few white people live in that neighborhood. There are no Jews left in that neighborhood. They all moved to St. Louis Park, Minnesota. So it's a whole different area now. But still, I mean, you, you're going to kind of gravitate toward people that you know and how they act and what they talk about and all those things. So everybody needs to calm down. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, I would not know, you know, I wouldn't walk into a house out there, like I said, in Whispering Acres, rich people land and go, you know, I got to tell you, your dinnerware is not up to snuff. You know, it's just not something I know about. You know, it's a different world. It's not all skin color like we like to believe. It's too easy to make money pointing out skin color and orientation and all of this stuff. It's way too easy to make money doing that for people, and they're taking advantage of us all by doing it, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, there's, there's media narratives, but again, I think it's also up to us, too, to not have a narrow view of life either. Absolutely. We yeah. should all, you know. Both, both ways. Yeah, there's no question about that. Look, I, I think Andy and Alex, Mom and I did did a good job, I think, raising you guys to not dislike anyone because of anything, did we? We never talked. You don't hang around with those people, do you? I literally you just... didn't register racial differences until I was probably, like, in my late teens. Yeah, that's true. They didn't even just, they didn't even occur to me. And not like, you know, in a, oh, I don't see color kind of way. It just, I don't know. I I took everything at face value and yeah. race was one of those things. It's To me, it was like, you know, if someone's a different race, it's like having a different eye color. It's like, why right. do I care? Right. Mm-hmm. And Alex, you the same way. Well, you've always just said, don't trust anybody. And- yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> there you true. go. Well, just don't trust anyone. I can't hate you more <laughs> for your race because I already hate you for being a human being. <laughs> exactly. No, it's not your race. It's the fact you're a human. That's why yeah, I don't like you. you exist <laughs> and you are not trustworthy. See, these are the conversations I think we all need to have. We're not trying to tear anyone away from their this, that, or the. Move to the center. We can all get along. Would you calm down we need to get along right now. It's really important. And Kristen, you already talked about that. It's true. It is true. 
All right, pal. Another great show. The typical Kristen Burt show. That's all I'm saying. And it looks like we fixed the issue. Got to give a shout out. Shout out to Donnell Hauk uh, for basically giving me the piece of information that allowed me to figure out what was going on. Because otherwise I would have had no idea the entire time. You mean as far as the equipment? Yeah, no, it wasn't the equipment. It was uh, one of the programs I'm running. My laptop's just not powerful enough to run all the crap that we run at home. Oh. So I just had to close one of the recording things, and now it's all good. What's your name? Donnell Hauk. Donnell! I Who's never, better than ever you? ever would have figured it out. Thank you, Donnell. Mm-hmm. You're a good person. As long as you're a white woman. No. <laughs> See, I just love doing that stuff at the end. Because there are people, oh, did you hear what he said at the very end? Mm-hmm. Get a sense of humor, for Christ's sake. edit that out and just... <laughs> yeah, there you go. Every, use that. I, that's what I was source. thinking. I'm like, probably a good one it is. Uh, (laughs) pipe down all of you all right we'll talk to you tomorrow with the family